Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about 4D boxing. That's a lot of Ds, my friend. Yeah, it is. It's the most Ds. Mm, indeed. So what is the... What is <laughs> did you the, see what I did there? That was all... Yeah, awesome. Okay, good. Acknowledge what is, it. What is the fourth D? You got... Uh, okay, let's, go, let, let's review the previous three, just for those, for those who might be curious. Yeah, go ahead and fill me in. What are the previous three? You got your time. Yeah. You got your space. Yeah. And you got your distance. That's those the That's Ds. the three Ds. So it's the fourth What's D. The fourth dimension. D? Dimension. I, I guess it makes sense because it starts with a D. Yeah. It just slotted it in there. That's all I got. It's like a I didn't know the first three Ds. Yeah. What are they again? You got your space. Yeah. That's a D. Yep. Circumference. You're making these up. I don't know the three Ds. Isn't it like width, depth, length? And then the fourth D is like dimensional length. Mm, dimensional length. <laughs> Why are they called D's? Should they all start with D? Yeah, it's like the it's like the questions in generalism school. Who, what, where, when, how. They all start with W. How doesn't? That way it ends with W. It got in on a technicality. <laughs> you are the grandmaster of crap. You know that? <laughs> you, you need a crown. I know that you like boxing. I, you're, I guess I would call you a former fan of boxing. I still dabble in the bo- in the squared circle on occasion to catch a few fights. Do you remember uh, what what ignited your love of the squared circle? Absolutely, the sweet science. Muhammad Ali. Mm. Muhammad Ali was my guy when I was a kid. Of course, by the time I was able to know what was going on when boxing was going on, Muhammad Ali was always already a household name. Yeah. I never well, he knew was, him. He was towards the end of his career when you were no. up and about. Yeah, he was. 71. 71, you were I was watched him. I watched him from the crib. <laughs> really, some of my first memories are watching Wild World Sports on TV, and boxing was always on there. Mm-hmm. And Muhammad was my guy. And I was always furious when he would, when he would try to beat him up because he was my guy. It made me mad. And I didn't fully comprehend the the way boxing worked, <laughs> he really because and also I didn't realize that Ali was the instigative jerk boy for, <laughs> for most of his fights. But Ali was a he was a wrestling fan, and he parlayed his use of of promos into making a lot of money. Now I believe that Ali was he was at at least one WrestleMania, wasn't he? Yeah, he was at WrestleMania one. Oh, yeah, he was guest. I think he was guest timekeeper. Wow. But I loved Ali. I saw uh, uh, all of his later fights. Uh, and uh, including the fight where he lost, unfortunately. Uh, t- particularly the one Larry Holmes fight was particularly brutal to watch. Yeah, unless you were a Larry Holmes fan, which was glorious. Yeah, and then that, in that era, that's when you had your the rise of your uh, Larry, your uh, Haglers and your Hitman Hearns and your Sugar Ray Leonard's middleweight area. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so they sort of took over for the heavyweights in the interim until the Tyson era started because the heavyweights were kind of down because Larry Holmes beat all of the heavyweights. You know, it's interesting to me. In my mind, Ali was always sort of a middleweight fighter. Like, I don't picture him being a big bruiser like Tyson. You know? He's a 200-plus pound guy. But you got to think heavyweights... 
They were smaller. Well, in put the it, era to put it in perspective, yeah. whenever George Foreman came on the scene, I believe in '74 was when he was coming into prominence. He was considered like it was like the Road Warriors walked in, just a monster. He was mm-hmm. a big, huge monster. That and when he went in there and destroyed, uh, uh, you know, Smoke and Joe Frazier, like that was a no one destroyed Smoke and Joe. He was all man, but Foreman was a big murderous killer. And uh, when Ali took that fight with him, everyone was sure Ali was going to lose, mm-hmm. which is why that fight's famous. Yeah. The rope-a-dope technique. Yeah. And he uh, took him down. So, But, yeah, I, I do have a long uh, uh, love affair with boxing. Uh, I have not. I have fallen out of love in recent years. really when MMA came around, and boxing was on a downturn. That was pretty much the end of my boxing interest. As a real hardcore. Do fan. you remember? It was there. Was there an exact time when you're like, I'm done with this, and you just walked away? I used to watch Tuesday night fights uh, on USA Network, and I used to watch Friday night fights on ESPN. So I, you got to see a lot of up and coming talent, mm-hmm. and I saw so many fights where guys were robbed. They really did. I mean, and the announcers who weren't on the take and then none of them were they'd be like listen this was a robbery mm. and when you're watching this stuff it, it's depressing to see a good fighter lose because they didn't they didn't want them to win because the contender was the up upcoming contender was there he was the guy that had to win and between that and right around the time ufc one came out and ufc two i'd go to blockbuster and rent those tapes i mean i was and i was fully into it plus i was getting stuff from japan uh, uh with uh, pancreas and uh, that sort of stuff, and that was pretty much. Once I saw that stuff, I was like, "This is because for me, I loved pro wrestling, I loved real combat." So basically, it was like the marriage of the two, and I was hooked. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Now in MMA, nobody ever gets robbed, right? Now it, it's less. It does occur less, but it does occur. Mm-hmm. MMA, the, the fights don't go to the judges as much, you know. And a lot of times, it's more. I, I'd say MMA judging. It. I mean, don't get me wrong. They botch this judgment. Uh, often, mm-hmm. but it's not a super colossal throw down rip off like you see in boxing where it's just super crooked. It's one of the advantages that the UFC has is that it's mostly considered judging wise on an on the up and up. Okay. Uh, whereas you've got you've got a lot of mitigating factors in boxing with all these different pr- like promotions, different associations, WBA, WBC. They have th- they want their champion in a prominent position they want a certain amount of fights from their guy where the ufc controls pretty much all of it they don't have that trouble yeah so you know, it is what it is but i'm sure i mean there's been plenty of fixed mma fights in japan so i mean it happens mm-hmm. so would you consider yourself a boxing fan at all anymore i mean will you tune oh, yeah. in as a casual, casual yeah absolutely watcher? i watched uh, uh i watch uh, big fights now and again when i worked at the track i watched a lot of fights i watched canelo fights and i watch i watch some fights uh, now, but it, I like I don't have any name recognition with anybody. I don't. I can't remember hardly anybody now. Mostly, and really, MMA has gotten sort of bad because there's so much of it. Yeah, you know, it's only a, a boxing in the old days. You'd see it maybe, you know, ten times a year. You know, and, so it was and an big event. big you'd events. It, maybe yeah. you'd see maybe two or three times a year. So it was a much different deal back in those days. What about you? You really like boxing too? Uh, you know, I I like boxing, and I don't know why because I don't like violence. It's a strange thing, but I, I the thing that I like about boxing is that it's sort of a controlled violence, where if things really start to get out of control, the ref will get in and break the guys up. Yeah. And I like the fact that when the guy goes down, the guy the other guy isn't allowed to just get on top of him and start wailing on him. Um, that that's a turnoff for you in MMA. It, yeah, yeah. Um, and I understand it, that's part of the sport yeah. in MMA, but uh, I would prefer it if if you knocked a guy down. If it's you funny let him get back because up. I can understand your reasoning, but. The uh, 
the chance of catastrophic injury in MMA is uh, much less than boxing. I've read that. I've read and that. It's, and it's due to strikes below to the head. Mm-hmm. A lot of people see those big boxing gloves and think those things provide like added protection, but really the protection's for your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are, uh, MMA gloves are small, and you think, oh, you're going to kill these guys. Well, they have their, a lot of guys break their hands and stuff. That's mm-hmm. why there's, uh, you'll see a lot more technique involving kicks and stuff, and, there's, and it's not all to the head. There's leg, and they, they work the whole body. Yeah. So you're gonna, it's you have a less likelihood of getting permanent brain injury. Mm-hmm. Although MMA being in its infancy, still that may not pan the out. In the future. Yeah, yeah, right. We gotta see. We gotta see. Uh, we got a little bit of a news uh, related to Amiga Ireland, Aaron. Mm. Um, th- I, this came in the mail. This is a little something, a little something for Ole. Oh, a little something for me. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Isn't that nice? Now, is this the official team shirt? This is the official team shirt of Amiga Ireland 2020. Smell that. It's got a lovely mustardy fragrance. Oh, yeah. I always wonder yeah. about that. Yeah. Thank you. Is this from you, Boat? That's from me. Oh, thank that's you. That's awful nice of you, Boat. First, I'll take it out of your cut. Well, that's all right, so, man. But, uh, that, yeah, if you are... <laughs> it in, might take several months. But you <laughs> if can. you are interested in uh, purchasing your official Team Amigos shirt for Amiga Ireland 2020, go on over to AmigaTees.com. And uh, and uh, you can uh, purchase that. Uh, and um, if you're on the Discord, um, you can see the link there too. Um, I love I've, it. I've, I've got nice. mine. I know that uh, several people have bought theirs. On we're going to be wearing those on Saturday. So uh, on on the Saturday of Amiga Ireland, I expect you to be wearing yours here in Hurricane to represent. I will. I yeah. like the color too. That's a nice blue. Very good. Very nice. But did you design that? I did. I Look did. at you. Um, all right, Aaron. Let's dive right into the show proper. Let's talk about what's been going on in this week's site updates over at everythingamiga.com. Beautiful. Well, uh, our good buddy, the DK Dreamcatcher, has a new one. Now, this one I have... <laughs> he's got a, uh, a look at the video game uh, tributes or ba- uh, games based on the film The Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Now, mm-hmm. this is a well-known dud drive-in special from way back. Now, is it is it one of those movies that's so bad it's good, or is it just horrible? I have seen this film, and as you know, I've seen many, many horrible movies in my lifetime. I revel in them. Mm-hmm. I didn't like this movie. <laughs> I've never liked it. I've never thought it was funny. I never thought it was too so bad it was good. I just thought it was bad. Um, dumb. Now, a I, dumb from, film. from my perspective, in the early 90s, there was a cartoon series of the attack, yeah. and I still remember the theme song, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, I remember it's that. It's very strong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, have you ever seen, have you ever heard of a movie called Birdemic? Yeah, I've, okay. I've watched that. Uh, okay, it, I, it, I can't it, remember. It, yeah, yeah. Do you know how it's so bad that it's it's dumb, and you could tell when they made it, they weren't. They knew this was going to be it crap. It was tongue-in-cheek, yeah. That this is, th- th- those movies, it's real tough to get those over with me. And this is one of them. Yeah, I it's understand. Schlocky, like they knew it's like that. This was going to be stupid. That's one. Of the the thing that makes Plan Nine and all those movies great is that they were totally. They thought they right. were making a serious film. Ed Wood's movies are, are amongst my favorite bad films because he really tried, right, uh, and then fails. This one, they it was put together as like a a, a drive-in special, mm-hmm. you know. And so, how this got video games made after it, I honestly am always surprised because I. This is one of those movies that always comes up. You don't hear about it as much, but when I was a kid, it came up a lot. 
And it, everybody, oh, look at this wacky film. And I was always like, this is dumb. And I don't know anyone that likes it. So, what, I mean, I've never met anyone that was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure somebody liked it, but it wasn't me. And so, games based on this uh, atrocity, I never played. But I knew of them. And I, cause I remember thinking, how did that get made? And so, DK looks at a couple here, including... Uh, uh, the hey, listen if it's on the uh, if it's on the spectrum you know it's isometric mm-hmm. right so you got <laughs> that going that going on but this thing in multiple games uh, I couldn't which, that I didn't know so there you go so if you're interested in, and of course this is the full DK experience if you are interested in checking out the uh, attack of the killer tomatoes check her out that she's good to go I wonder and I know I know the answer to this question but I want to ask it anyway yeah, I ahead. wonder if there was an engine. And they uh, for the spectrum that was just called like ISO or something like that, where you could more easily craft an isometric experience. Because there are so many of these games on the spectrum that have the same sort of look, the same sort of HUD. You know, I know that there are things about the spectrum hardware itself that make the isometric perspective work, but it, it kind of reminds me of the you know Red Pill that that development engine for the the Amiga where you you, you start yeah. seeing games and they kind of look similar. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Well, these isometric games, I I don't I doubt there's any special engine because I mean we see these on other computers too. The Amiga, for example, has them. The thing is, if you put yourself in the early '80s, mm-hmm. okay, I can put myself. Keep yourself okay. Keep in mind here. Pretend it's like 1983, okay. You've had arcade machines, big ones, out for several years, mm-hmm. okay? You're a computer person, you're making computer games, and you're like, what can set this apart? And look state-of-the-art. Because in 1982, like, having a Coca, I don't remember any games that looked like these, except for maybe, like, the Marble Madness clone. Or something. Uh, this is this would have blown your mind. I mean, it's like, well, look at this. I mean, and, and they are. They're, they're an effective gameplay tool. Mm-hmm. You know, they look cool. They look different, uh, and you can make the rooms and stuff in them look unique. And the color is sort of irrelevant because there's enough space there to to lay stuff out in a unique way. Mm-hmm. And so I can see why they'd be popular. Um, plus, a lot of people weren't using joysticks at the time, so controlling those isometric games is much, in my opinion, much easier with the keyboard than it is with the joystick. Uh, I disagree about that. Really, I, I I I I've never had much success. Uh, with joystick on those isometric games, uh, so all that said, I, you know, I think they were just a pop, and maybe it was also a, it could have been a trend. You know, mm-hmm. people are like, well, I'm going to try this on I my game. I think the you resolution know? you were able to, whenever you craft those isometric games, the resolution of the actual characters themselves, because you were, by definition, most mon- uh, isometric games are monochromatic. And right. So anytime you're only dealing with one color, you can really make things look look more photorealistic, I guess. Well, that maybe a stretch. That is a big stretch. <laughs> Make, how about just go with more more detailed? More, more detailed. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Aaron, as you can tell from my shirt, the uh the it it sounds like you know Thor, right? I do know Thor. Okay, you know his hammer? Yeah. Okay. Mijwar. Mijwar? Yeah. Okay. When Mijwar strikes a hard surface, like yeah. a piece of cold steel, yeah. it sounds exactly like the bell of the gamble train. Is that what that sounds like? through town, yeah. So, the gamble train has pulled into the station this week, Aaron, for this week's edition of Amiga News. The guy driving the gamble train is probably hammered, is what you meant to say. I think I'll buy that. Well, you better watch his speed. Let's talk about this week's Amiga Bill 
video, Aaron. Wow, Amiga Bill really changed <laughs> changed his look. You know, Grammarly has got to be the biggest spender on YouTube. Yeah, because I watch a lot of YouTube, and they're all over the place. There. Amiga Bill is here, and he is doing an unboxing and gameplay footage of the new Rygar game. Now, I saw that you commented on this, Aaron, so you yeah. watched the stream, right? Oh, listen, are you kidding me? Of course. <laughs> I darn sure watched it. What, did you watch any of it? I watched a little bit of it. So yeah. it's, it's fill me in on what went down. Well, I'll tell you one thing I found out. Rygar is a lot longer a game <laughs> due to my sucking at it. It's like 30-some levels or something. And they added some levels to the Amiga version. It was pretty interesting to, uh, uh, you know, they had the author on here, and he, he chatted about it. But, I mean, I have to say, uh, having really gotten a sense to watch, on a, uh, watch him play it for a while, it is a, a remarkably... Uh, lovely port of this game uh, and uh, uh, he did a great job and of course uh, the guru guys are there to uh, try it out the box looks good they even talked about who made the did the art for the box this is the same oh wow Anthony's there he must have flown yeah. up from Florida just for the occasion uh, the fellow that did this game uh, is the same guy that did the uh, uh, the what was it called the beer um, you know the, the it's a it's a what is this game here that they're playing? He did this, this version. This is uh, Bomb Jack. Yeah, he did the you know, beer whatever beer Jack or whatever. Remember that we heard about it a couple years ago? That I don't a, remember that. It was an Amiga port of Bomb Jack. Okay, I can't recall the exact name of it, but uh, so this guy had some knowledge of how to port old games. But uh, Rygar is a much more difficult challenge. But yeah, this was good, very entertaining. I enjoyed it, and and I'm gonna this game's free, but the. Uh, uh, the Guru guys have a bo rare box copy. The box looks cool. So. Bomb Jack Beer Edition. That's it. Thanks, says. brother. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Picard for the win. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Moving up next. This is a new Retro Man Cave video. You know, we've also we've watched done, this. We've done several weeks on uh, Mr. Neil and his new Checkmate case. Yeah. And his new 500 board. He's finally putting this thing <clears throat> through its paces. Yeah. Uh, this is the video where he actually play tests his Checkmate 500 or his Checkmate 1500 with the ACA 500 plus board in there. Now, did you did you watch this? No. Okay. I'll, let me tell you. This was one of the best Neo videos of all time. Because the whole beginning of this is the were many, many complete disasters that befell him. <laughs> he blew up a memory board. He he uh <laughs> he was putting everything back together and he kept he turned on his Amiga and it came up as an Atari ST. Oh my gosh. And he's like, what in God's name's happening? He couldn't figure out what was going on. Well he found out after figuring it out. Someone said that when you hold down your fire button on your joystick with those vampire cards, it boots up as an ST. As, and so he what? Looked, he had a he had a it's like okay. a okay go ahead go ahead. he had a but he had had a uh, he had a book or something sitting on his joystick. It was monster joysticks, mm -hmm. and so the book had been pressing the button, and so every time you turn your Amiga on, it would come up as an ST. Now <laughs> I love it. We've talked about how the vampire is quite expensive, right? It's not. I mean, it depends on your perspective. Okay. Well, from my expect, from my perspective, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. And we talk about why not buy a just a normal FPGA. Right. Okay. Right. When you can hold down a button and boot an entirely new system. Yeah. That's not exactly reinforcing this thing as like the exclusive Amiga badass computer. Well, I thought it was. That's kind of cool. That's it's funny because cool. I nothing having, about the ST since me and cool. Brent had just had tangled with the ST, and so I, I, I was you like just tangled with the Falcon, not the ST. Well, I mean it's the Falcon beast. is no, not really. It's oh. actually it's an up basically. A Don't tell up. Falcon fans that. Listen, it's in the same box. Mm. So don't give me that. But 
I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, it was funny to watch him put this. It was neat to watch him put this thing through its paces. Mm-hmm, you man. know, I can't take my eyes off that keyboard. Oh, it just it's offensive to the well, eyes. He, yeah, the checkmate. Here's the funny thing with the checkmate because you know I was reading. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Steve, the guy that does it. Uh, uh, Jones. Yeah, Stephen Jones. He has he just a couple weeks ago. He's like, listen, I got a few of these uh, things left to go. We're closing it up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that would be fun to have because I've got those 500s at the house. I was like, man, I could get this thing to put slots in it and really do something di- cool with yeah, the 500. Yeah. And so I started putting building up the system with the stuff they have on the website. This thing was going to cost me a, like it was like six or seven hundred bucks or more. It was so I was like, holy crap! I didn't wow. realize I didn't realize how expensive it was to get this thing to where I wanted it. Because now, what, what, tell me about what what you where you wanted it. I wanted. The case, I wanted the runners under it. Yeah, so make you gotta all have the, gotta runners. Have the runners. Yeah, the I wanted I wanted a couple different fronts uh, panels for it. Uh, I wanted the uh, 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 the power supply thing. I wanted the thing that lets you hook the 500 into the slots. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was a few. There was some other stuff. Things you don't think about until you're sitting there putting it together. Yeah. You, I need this bracketing here. It ended up being. I was like, man, this is a this is pri- I mean, listen. I, no, no offense to him, it's a great product. But and he knows it, it's costly because I hear him mentioned all the time, and this is a costly boutique device, and it is. And if you can afford this, God bless you. But old A, <laughs> he won't be getting It'll the check. It'll remain on the wish list. That's right. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was expensive, man. But I mean, it's a. You get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. You know. It, uh, listen, if you pay two hundred dollars for this thing, you know, I'll send you a paper box and a couple of sticks to put on the sides, and there you go. But I mean, you're gonna get what you get. So. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. this was. I, I did enjoy this video, and and Retro goes through and even tries. He put he plays Mac stuff on it. He plays uh, uh even some. He puts he's got Windows on yeah, it. Yeah, I saw Windows. There's, 3 this on is there. a Tomb Raider. His Tomb Raider test here, where it's running like one, <laughs> one frame every three seconds. So Tomb Raider from '96 is a little beyond its capabilities. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it runs everything up to like he said, run a Pentium. It's, a, it's an FPGA. Think about That's the a, thing. At the end of the day, it's an FPGA. It can do anything. Well, think about the fact that this thing is a. Uh, It'll run as fast as say a Pentium, yeah. and so really, if you're a retro gamer, this would be a nice uh, all-encompassing setup. In the in the, I'm not gonna say it's in the guise of a real Amiga, but I mean it's I mean that's it sort of is. It depends on your perspective, but whatever it wants, you're gonna have a multifaceted computer at your disposal. Yeah. You know? Again, this just this just further furthers we, my suggestion that everybody. Not buy one of these and just buy a Mister because it's the same. Well, no, thing. there's no. There are advantages. Tell to me, this. tell me the advantages. Aesthetics. Aesthetics. It's going in a checkmate case. No, it's not. This one was going in a checkmate case. No one else is. You're going to you're you're show case. that rad vampire logo, that thing that looks hellacious, you know, out on your desk. You're going to let that thing grace your desktop? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh yeah, you're going to lock that thing. Let me away. tell you something. If I bought a vampire, I would have that thing tattooed on my on my forehead. That thing. <laughs> I want people to know this is how great I am. I have the vampire stuck in this thing. Mm. I think it's kind of neat. Like I said, I, I waffle on it, and and the fact that it's an FPGA work. But I mean, I think the FPGA technology is cool. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, I think it's cool too. I think know. it's especially cool when it doesn't cost you seven hundred dollars. Well, I mean, listen, I, I think the vampire is. Not, it's not. That, it's like it's. It's not like it's super more expensive than getting a, one of these misters. I mean, by the time you pay for all that stuff, you're in for a pretty good. You know, I don't have to tell you. It is the mister does get expensive. Yeah. So yes. there you go. So I mean, it's just. It's one of those things. It's it's certainly not worth uh, uh, going to war over, but I think it's I think it's neat. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think they're neat. And if you if you're into it, cool. I can see both sides. Part of me wants to get one. A part of me is like, eh, I don't need one. So you know, there you go. Yeah. All right, Aaron. 
coming up next, the next car in the gamble train, if you will. Mm. There's some of our buddies just celebrated a pretty significant anniversary this week. Yes, sir. The Retro Hour celebrating 200 episodes. Uh, let us congratulate them formally now. Yeah. Congratulations. Well done, boys. Hour. We love the Retro Hour. Yeah, guys, Dan too. and Ravi. Uh, they, super nice to us. Yeah, too. they're they're super great to us, and um, we you know their show is so so far above what we do here. It's it's it's, it's they do important work. Yeah, over they there. do important work. And, <laughs> and this week is one of their biggest gets of all time. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this one, I have to yeah. say. This is uh, Charlie Brooker. Uh, he is the man behind the famous episode of Black Mirror, the Choose Your Own Adventure style episode of Black Mirror, uh, Bandersnatch. Now, Aaron, you know that I shy away from scary content, so I did not watch this. You can watch you, this one. It's not that bad. Is it not that bad? You know, this was a very polarizing episode. Really? Yeah, a lot of people didn't like it. Um, listen, I'm a sucker. I used to eat those Choose Your Own Adventure books for dinner. I love them. I read them. many. And so you combine two of my favorite things into one crazy episode. And, and oh, by the way, it's about retro gaming and a guy mm-hmm. programming old games. I'm in, brother. And so I, I really thought it was really, there was some crazy stuff in it. It was just so funny uh, that I really enjoyed. And I, I, I don't know if they've got any other episodes like of any show like that anywhere, but I, I dug it. I just thought it was a lot of fun. So uh, I'm anxious to hear this one. Like I said I haven't got to hear it yet, but you it's on my I, you list. You think I should watch this one? Yeah, you could watch this you one. I could watch it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you'd be. Okay. I trust you. You know me. I don't recall anything being particularly vile in okay. this. I think you'll be. Maybe I'll watch it with Eve. She might get a kick out. Yeah, of it. man. I, and plus, you get to pick stuff. It's sort of a party game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, to, go to work. Okay, up next, Aaron. This is something that ran across my radar just this morning. Okay, I haven't. I haven't I'm not familiar with this. Yeah, one. Yeah, this is. This comes to us from RetroData.se. Okay. Dot S-E. You know okay. what country that is? I don't. Sweden? I think it's Sweden. Okay. I think so. Uh, this is the story of the Amiga Kickstart image. Okay. So, have you ever thought about this Kickstart image? I never. I always thought it was kind of, I mean, it's iconic, but mm-hmm. it's, it's also pretty ugly. I mean, I think. I hate well, to say it, but there's it is. Something, there's something very wrong with it. You know what it is? Uh-huh. I don't know. Okay. This is what it is. Uh, the... Um, where on the on your one thousand? Because I know you've got one sitting in your room right now. That's right. What side of the computer is the disk drive on? On the right hand side. On the right hand side. Yeah. That's right. Why would you have the icon of the Amiga uh, workbench just being held in the left hand? If you're left-handed. No, it just doesn't make sense. You have to reach across your body to put in the disk. Well, I don't know. Is there a story? There's a story behind that. People have pondered this forever. And yeah. They, they've become enraged they about have. it. Yeah. Really? You Only the Amiga just, community can become a rage over that. Do a, do a search on Twitter, hashtag kickstart image hate. Yeah. And you'll get it. <laughs> That's okay. Right. That's got to be untrue. So the reason why yeah. is this. Yeah. The, 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 the person that, that drew this yeah. held the disc. I think it's I think it's a, a woman. I want to see. Yeah. Cheryl Knowles. Okay. Yeah. She, the reason why this was drawn this way is because she simply picked up a disc in her hand and drew her hand with her right hand. Yes. That is why the Kickstart disc is held in the left hand. That's such a great, that's a, that's a great story. <laughs> Isn't it great? Listen, retro data about SE, that's a, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a win. So just, just try to draw her own hand. So that's a lady's hand mm-hmm. holding the disc. Holding the disc. I love it. That is the story. When That's she it. did that, little did she know that that thing could be seen for all the time. That's right. You know it. That's right. Ozymandias in disc form. I love that. I love that. All right, Aaron. 
Coming up next, Retro Games Master. Oh. Is there a cooler name for a website than Retro Games There's Master? There's not. Look at this guy. I like him. Okay, RJ Michael. Okay. Okay. Do you know who this guy is? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, so this guy, he's done it all. Yeah. Um, he worked for Link. He worked for Atari when they did were working he, on the Lynx. Did he Lynx. work with the Blue Sky Rangers in television at some it's, point? It's possible that he did that. In our world, in the Amiga world, yeah. he's most famous for coming up with what we like to call Workbench, but in fact is actually called um, Imaginarium. That might not be called Imaginarium. Imaginarium sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he created... Intuition? The, yeah, intuition. Intuition. Ima Imaginarium. <laughs> My God, where did you get that? I don't know. But this is what we, you and I, we call this the workbench. When we look at this screen, we say this is the workbench. <laughs> For now, I'm calling it the Imaginarium. You can call it that if you want. I give you Doctor Bo Professor Boats, Imaginarium. Coming to a theater near you. Man, vampire guys, listen up. When you do your UI, you should call it that. Um, so he created Intuition. Um, okay. And so he's a pretty big deal. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. And uh, if you are looking to get the most recent interview from RJ, uh, you can check out retrogamesmaster.co.uk. He sits down with them and answers all their questions. You know, we're looking here, if you're if you're watching at home, if you're listening, we'll try to describe it. The, the, the look on this gentleman's face is just outstanding. He's got the glasses down. <laughs> He looks slightly crazed. He does. He does. I think he's a slightly crazed guy. So <laughs> I love it. I would love to get the chance to talk to RJ sometime. Did you ever know any RJs? Uh, RJ Reynolds. RJ did Reynolds. Yeah. Did you go to school with him? No, isn't that the people that uh, did the cigarettes? RJ Reynolds, the yeah. Ford store. Yeah. Is it? No. The Ford store? Yeah. Move along. Um, I knew an RJ. RJ Loudermilk. I went to elementary school. Loudermilk? Yeah. I just remember because I mean, what a name. Yeah. What's yeah. the RJ stand for? Roy Jones? Real Jackson? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> You're out of your mind. What else you got? Finally, Aaron. We're going to take a trip over to Poland. Okay. Oh, man. They got some good, they got some sweet brew over All there. All the best stuff is going yeah. on over in Poland. They got the best parties over there. Lotharek. This is something that is... Oh, I'm is, familiar with him. This is this is not actually going to be released for another couple days. It actually comes out on the 30th, so about a week from now. The EX601 is a new Amiga 600 upgrade. Okay. Okay. This is what it gives you. It gives you a mega chip RAM. It gives you a real-time clock and a backup battery. Yeah. It gives you an expansion socket for the Indivision so you can oh, put it in. Oh, I was wondering where the gimmick was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got it. Yep. And this is the part that I don't understand. It gives you a two times clock port A1200 for iComp Rapid USB or other device. Can you explain that to me? I, I, I'm I, not trying to set you up for failure. Well, I like I need your help. I honestly don't know now, what that means. I, uh, I don't 100% know. I think I, that iComp Rapid USB is is a is a the secondary device that you can't normally hook up to the 600, mm -hmm. and this will allow you to hook it up. Uh, the uh, I've never. This is the first time I've actually seen this. Little yeah, piece I mean, of this, kit. this this just got released. It's I'm looking at this though because I'm looking. It's I don't know what that change it the U.S. dollars because I don't know what the because this can't be that. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. 40, Fifty bucks. Yeah. Forty three bucks. Um, it's a and it's I like the fact that it's by Boris. Mm -hmm. You know that you know it's good. He did Boris the, is cranking out stuff left and right. Yeah. Man. So uh, our chat has chimed in here, and there, there's a, they said there's a lot of stuff made for the clock port, and there are several devices made for the clock port, including oh, Ethernet. Okay. Ethernet. So there, this is actually um, it, it adds 
uh, it adds a port like the clock port on the A1200 that you can put in stuff like an So there you go. Okay, so, thank so you, So this Chad. is an expansion for other expansions, effectively. I there like you it. go. Especially yeah. since our 600 is soon going to be winging its way down from the great white warrant. It, uh, okay, yeah, that should be good. That's the that's the PAL special that the we got that special. our buddy up there worked on. Outstanding. So that's that'll right. be I mean, no, so you're you're actually gonna take this thing and do some stuff with it? I'm gonna man, I'm gonna do some stuff with this thing that you've never seen a six hundred do. Man, I know you are. It's gonna involve magic smoke, is what you're gonna do. Because <laughs> your track record is is not too good, Al. <laughs> So I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you take that thing out of the mail and I'm just gonna go like this and just walk off, cover my eyes. You do have a point. You do have a point. And you call me hack make hack or whatever. The gamble train Aaron, wave goodbye as it pulls over the horizon for another week. Get that thing out of here. It's time to talk about four D boxing. Finally. I've been waiting for this bad boy. Four D boxing boat. Mm-hmm. Now listen, boatster. Four um, D boxing, surely you played this back in the day. Okay, let me tell you something. Uh-huh. I saw PC games uh, from the, the early 90s, yeah. and I saw enough to know that I was sticking with my Super Nintendo. Well, allow me to elaborate on it and expostulate on its awesomeness. Okay. So, 4D Boxing, released in 1991, very mm-hmm. key, okay? uh, came on two discs, and this was published by Electronic Arts, developed by a distinctive DSi, or DSi for short. They developed... A ton of stuff, and we've checked a couple of these. They did 4D driving, of course, uh, NASCAR Challenge, Cycles, Dick Tracy, Grand Prix. They did Hardball and Hardball 2. That was a DSi. You remember their logo was mm-hmm. on there? Uh, a couple of the Mickey Mouse games, and they did the Test Drives 1 and 2 on there, which we, I think we did Test Drive 2 on the show. I can't wait to cover 4D driving after playing 4D boxing. I believe it's got a different name in the States, mm. I, I think, but don't hold me to that. So... If you look, I've got a list here of the people that worked on this. It's like 20 people worked on this game. I mean, it was a tour de force of, mm-hmm. of, of coders, musicians, and graphic and graphics folks. I find it thing. hard to believe that there are four musicians listed on Well, I'm sure of sound effects, especially <laughs> after hearing some of the tunes in this. Yeah. It sounds like they, they went to one of those Cassius he used to have at the mall and was like, put a mic up to it. You know, it's... It said, play, Granny. And she's like, let me turn on the, the tempo thing. Not super impressive. No. But, you know, eh, it was what it was. So, uh, for, uh, 4D boxing got a lot of port action, sweet port action, if I may. You got your Apple Mac, Atari ST, the FM Towns slash mm. Towns. Marty's my boys. Yeah. The Marty. It's a Marty party. It's a Marty party. The uh, NEC PC98. Of course, the DOS and the Tandy, which is what I played. Uh, and, of course, the PC Junior. Now, uh, this apparently was taken off of the Tandy version. So, this would have looked pretty familiar to old A, and because I, I played this most of the Tandy back in the day. And uh, this uh, uh, came out at a time where boxing games were what, what I would call crap. I mean, really, that's not true, is it? Boxing games are an interesting breed of games on a computer uh, or a console because boxing is not necessarily the easiest thing to pull off is a boat. And so True. what you, uh, you know me, and who loves the punch-out games more than me? Nobody. I love punch-out. I like mm. to punch-out. I like punch-out the clones. I like them all. But those aren't really boxing they're games. They're, they're sort of like games. puzzle games. Yeah, they're rhythm games. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's the facade of boxing, and you sort of feel like you're boxing. Yeah, but and that's, that, that's, the, that's what makes them great. Right. Because and, the real sport of boxing is very, very difficult to translate. It is. It is. So, when this came out, uh, uh, 
someone somewhere said, listen, let's try our hand at making a boxing game where you actually do some boxing. Yeah. You know, and so and here, so here comes 4D boxing. Now, 4D boxing, uh, you take on the role. Well, you actually it comes up with, with to a main menu, and it gives you a series of options. The options are to fight an exhibition fight, to go to the gym, to uh, fight in the for the championship. Uh, then there's an options uh, screen, a Hall of Fame, and you pick one of these options to start the game. Now. If you go to the gym, you actually can make your own boxer. Right, and okay? that's what I did. That's what I did too. Mm -hmm. Amigo Aaron, the boxer. I picked my. In fact, I was wearing blue shorts and a white shirt. That's what I made my guy look like, and I and bald. But the, the graphics in this are. How would you describe the graphical makeup of this boat of your of your uh, boxer? I would call this flat shaded polygons. There you go. Uh, that's you said it better than I ever could. That's exactly what I, what they are. And so these uh, are, it's done this way to move these guys in a three-dimensional ring and, and they can move around the ring in 3D. Right. Okay. Sort of like, I, what it reminds me of, sort of like the way you Alone in the Dark looks. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, I think Alone in the Dark, this probably answers the question, why, where was Alone in the Dark on the Amiga? <laughs> I, think we know, I think we know where it's at now. Um, and so once you make a boxer, uh, then you can choose to ex do an exhibition fight or you can actually go for the championship. Now, uh, when you go to exhibition, you get a choice of boxers. And there's a ton of boxers you can choose from. I think there's 50 plus whatever guys you've made. They're all there. Uh, and it goes all the way from the lowliest scrub up to the champ. champ I don't of the want world. no scrubs. Well, I mean, I don't blame you. So the first time I loaded this up, this time around, I picked... Uh, a good guy. I wanted a guy that was pretty decent. You wanted a heel or a face. No, I mean, I wanted a guy who was not going to go out there and get murdered. A skilled fighter. Yeah. And so, and then I picked a guy that was like the wimpiest guy to pummel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, when you start a fight, this is an exhibition. When you start the fight, uh, your guys are on, first of all, there's, a, there's an introduction scene that shows a guy taping his hands up. And it reminded me, you know what it reminded me of? And I'll see if it reminded you of the same thing. Remember, um, What's that Atari uh, Pit Fighter? Remember Pit mm -hmm. Fighter? It had those almost it's like... It's got a very similar It had the, it, it had a... In, in Pit Fighter, they'd show these little two-second video clips. Vignettes. That, is, well, yeah. they weren't vignettes. They were just little video clips. That's what a vignette is. No, it's not. Vignette is not that. So anyway, they would show these video clips, and but they were... I mean, you could tell they were super low-res. Yeah. And they were... Now, this was actually... These looked better than the Pit Fighter ones because they were animated. It was drawn. It wasn't like video Yeah, captured. yeah, yeah. The Pit Fighter ones were the drawn and then, ones. And you can skip them. Yep. And so once these played, there'd be one that showed you taping up. It'd be one that showed your guy praying. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Then there's one of your guy coming to the ring. Yeah. You know, a boat guy. That guys. was probably the best part of the game. And then you're in the ring. So then uh, the screen is the ring... And at the bottom of the screen, the bottom third of the screen is sort of like is like where your controls are, where your health bars or your multiple health bars are, and uh, and a bell and these two gloves that are on this long bar, right. which I'll explain that in a moment. So then you hear a ring announcer, and it's with full audio. And by the way, unless I'm mistaken, and I don't think I am, that the ring announcer's voice was classy. Jimmy Lennon Jr. was the ring announcer. He's an actual. Very famous ring announcer. Is he the let's get ready? No, no. that's Michael Buffer. Oh. This is classy what, Jimmy Lennon what Jr. What is this guy's tagline? He, he, he doesn't really have one because doesn't he, sound, he doesn't have, back in the old days, no one had a tagline. It doesn't sound famous to me. Well, did, what did you think of his job? When he, uh, he sounded good. He sounded yeah. like a dude. And so he starts the main event, and then the timer sets. 
Uh, and of course, you've got whoever rounds you've set up, and you can set some of this stuff ahead of time, how many mm -hmm. rounds you want to go. The two boxers are then free to move. Right. Okay. And this is when the actual game begins. Now, I knew I was in trouble when it took me, I looked at the clock, and the first time I could get to my opponent, 13 seconds had elapsed before I could even get to him. I, 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 I couldn't even get out to him. So these guys move pretty slow. Yeah. All right. Now, these aren't the slowest guys. My guy was actually amongst the fighters. He was actually one of the quicker guys. So you come out and you begin fighting. Now, the first thing you're going to realize is that you're, you're moving in a 3D environment boat. Yeah. And so yeah, you, are. you have to... You've got to turn the joystick die. It's got what I like to call tank controls. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. No, it's not. That's not what tank controls That's, are. They, they, they're, 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 it's the same way you'd move the tank in combat, basically. Well, okay. but it's, That's what I mean. Okay, yeah. Okay. And so... You 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 have to basically you don't you don't just like if you don't just push the stick towards the guy you no, want to fight. No. In fact, sometimes it's the exact opposite of the yeah. way. And then once you get to the opponent, the two little gloves that are on the bottom of the screen get closer and closer. Right. And that is the genius of this system. Yeah. Because um, so many games in this perspective would not have included that. The fact that you got the two gloves that show you. If you are within striking distance of yeah. your opponent, that's great. That is good. Now, actually, before we get really deep into the gameplay, what did you, what were your initial impressions and, and your overall views of the presentation of the game? I thought the presentation was great. Really? I thought the the, the way that the the menu was set up, uh, where it's like it's everything was very clear. It was like you can jump right into a match. You can go to the gym. In the gym, that's when you can create your own boxer. Yeah. Okay. You can set your own workout routine. Yeah. Um, you can set your, you can roll your stats. Well, you don't really roll them. You, it's just, you, it's just, you get to pick, you get to a lot, a sign of points. Right, yeah. right. Um, and then you've got, you know, then you can start the circuit, basically. Um, I loved the way that when you go to the gym, you see your guy hanging out there and he's, you know, he's moving around. I'm a sucker for early 3D stuff. Really? Because a lot of people hate that stuff. I know. A lot of people hate it. I think it's great. Because of the flat shading, they weren't trying to texture the polygons yet. That's where it really falls <laughs> apart for me. When they start to texture the then it really starts to look like crap. But when it's flat shaded, it's almost like an art form. You know, yeah. it's almost, it's so abstract that it works. Um, when you start the game, I love the cinematic. I thought it was cool. And then, of course, you can skip it. So yeah, you see it, I like you that don't part. have to watch it again. Yeah. Um, and then once the, once the match starts... The, this is where the game sort of falls apart for me because, well, it doesn't fall apart, but I would have enjoyed it more if they wouldn't have tried to render the ring announcer in the crowd in the different way than the box. And they were. did do that. It, they, they are not polygonal. Right. They like, should have stuck with the same art style throughout and had your ring announcer come out, you know, arms all akimbo showing off the ragdoll yeah. physics. And then in the crowd, just had your crowd be lots of like polygonal people too. It's very jarring to see that, that dysfunction there. I agree. So, as you as you begin the game and you and you come into the actual meat of the game when you're fighting, like I said, you have to basically push in a, almost like you're almost like you're pushing away from the fighter you're going towards, and, and there's a reason. And some of this is just the control aspect of it. Mm -hmm. You you have to you have to move in a 3D environment, so they couldn't just have you move towards a guy; it wouldn't work. Right. So once you get well, in there, well, they could, but they didn't. It would be weird. Yeah, I mean, it's weird any way it goes, yeah. and that's one of the problems. Controlling this game takes some getting used to. Well, I will say most boxing games are like that. Though. Sure, they really all all of them. They, yeah, there there's not a whole. Well, first of all, 
There's not a whole lot of boxing games that allow you the freedom of movement that this game does, especially from this time period. Yeah. If you look at like Fight Night, which was on the 8-bit computers, yeah. you could basically approach your opponent, but you could not circle around him. You couldn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. So once you get in there, you actually will circle your opponent. Now, I will say this about the game. <clears throat> I went through about, I'd say this week I had 20 fights. I played a guy pretty well in. I think I was in the 30s, mm -hmm. I think, plus some other stuff that I didn't, you know. And one thing I liked about the game is that different boxes behave in different ways. If you go out there to fight a tomato can, he might just stagger out there and you can just pummel it. I love those fights. Yeah. Then you might have guys that are, are kind of like what I would call cute fighters. They back up, they dance backwards, you have to try to punch them and catch them and mm -hmm. corner them to do your damage. Right. Uh, then you've got bruisers that just come in there and just try to pummel Swing you. Swing away. Right. And so <clears throat> a lot of this varies on your on the amount of, uh, of uh, power you've got and the speed and the amount of uh, uh, endurance you've got. You know, you go in there and you, you really want to do a good job of working every part of the guy, the body and the head. That's right. Because the body shots will really tone down his recovery. Yeah. And his ability to uh, endure more shots. And being a, um, a one-button game, I think that this game does controls pretty well. It's what I like to call the Lionheart controls, and I don't mean that disparagingly. It doesn't you, sound you, good. You push the button, and then you move the stick in a certain direction, right. and that's the punch that right. you do. One thing that I didn't like was that sometimes I found it hard to remember what exactly each direction did, because there's no way to really lock that in with reality. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you, much like when you're playing Panza, uh, and this game will be compared to Pans a lot because, you, again, you're using one guy to do a bunch of different moves with one stick and one button. <clears throat> uh, and, of course, this has the added disadvantage of moving in a 3D space that Pans didn't have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, but oh, it, I do want to stop you. Brutal Barracuda just gave us 100 bits. Thank you, Brutal. Thanks, man. Uh, so when you... When you uh, have to move in that third in that third dimension, it takes away a little bit um, in terms of your control options. So when you roll in, basically, if you your, your diagonals and your downs, if you just hit the button, your guy will kind of jab. If you kind of hold diagonally, it's hard to explain it, but uh, because you're moving, the joystick controls sort of change. But if you kind of hit control uh, like down uh, or uh, diagonal down, your guy will throw hooks to the body. Yeah. Diagonal I mean, up will throw hooks to the heads and up will throw head shots. You know? it, it makes sense. When yeah. you, and you can tell that they thought about it. It oh, wasn't yeah. just willy-nilly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the, uh, I like that. I could get around pretty good. Uh, the, uh, uh, and so there, there were aspects of the game that I, I, I had played this, like I said, on the Tandy. And I, one thing I will say that's a major difference is the speed. I played this on my authentic Amiga 1200, 8, eight mega memory, good to go. Jack. Well, it's not jacked, but I got plenty of memory, and this ran pretty slow uh, uh, by the standards that I would deem acceptable. This is at the bottom of the barrel. Now, they clearly knew that this game was a real processor uh, hog because they put in many different um, at, they put in many different options to change the graphics levels in this game, all the way from uh, the default graphics level all the way down to a wireframe level. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure some of that's just to show off that they could do it. Uh, but really, I didn't see a whole lot of a difference. I went up and down trying to mess with the graphics, and it really didn't, <clears throat> didn't change much to me. Did you Did you fool around with that stuff? Everything, whenever I would change the, the viewpoint or the graphic fidelity, now of yeah. course I was emulating, 
everything seemed to run at the same speed all the time. Like I'm watching, we're watching a video of this right now. This is running markedly quicker than I, so I don't know what this guy's okay. running this one. That, like I said, this is about the speed that I was running on, on FSU 8. Yeah, this was running, on my on my 1200, this was run, wasn't running this fast. Like this would be more like what I was used to on the PC right here. I thought this ran slow, and that's on a 1200, so you can imagine what it would run like on a 500. Or right. It would be, it would be uh, really slow. Another thing is, if you, when you first start a boxer, inherently, you're early, unless you, if you're playing exhibition, you can pick anybody you want, that's one thing, but if you're starting your own boxer, and you start from scratch, he is sl he is real slow. Mm -hmm. You know, now, like Boat said, you get to go in the gym, and you get to assign attributes, you know, between matches, but uh, it's not, you're not going to be speeding around the ring uh, at any great clip. I mean, the, the rounds can be painfully long and slow. Now, the, the timer's the same, but when I mean long, it's just like you're, it just is a slog to get over to the guy, especially when you've got a guy that's a cutie. You have to chase him around the ring. Uh, it can. It just feels like you're running in, in molasses mm -hmm. or in mud. It mm -hmm. just takes forever to get over to him. Another thing, <clears throat> I'm embarrassed to say this, but I, I used to have the same thing happen to me on the PC. Sometimes when you when you knock a guy down in this game, you're required just like in a real box to go to the neutral corner. And I can't tell you how many times I've been disqualified because I couldn't get out of there you in time. Get, yeah. You know, and it, that and the, is, but the game tells you it's like go to your, you know, back away, back away. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, yeah. And it, first, first it docks a point, and then if you don't get away far enough, it ends the match. I hated that mm -hmm. uh, because you're trying to get away, and there's nothing you can do with a downed opponent, and also the ref doesn't count while you're near them. Right. So I mean, I can understand it, but I mean, in a real boxing match, a boxer, I would rather just it would automatically move, move you. you back. Yeah, move I don't want it have to do it because it, it, I hated that. Yeah, it doesn't play into the strategy. And that mo that really ruined some of the games for me. I would just I would be on a roll, I'd be having a pretty good time and then that would happen it would, it would anger me, you know, and it happened a lot. Um, as far in terms of actual boxing, the one thing about this game is this is the first game that I ever played as a kid that felt like well I wasn't a kid. I was I was out of high school. So dead gummit, I hate being old. But the one thing about it, it felt like uh, you were sort of actually having a boxing match, right. which was fun. Right. Uh, and the, I wish that at the time, one of the things that used to bother me is I wish you could have assigned techniques like you can in Panza. That would have made this game uh, go up an extra notch in mm -hmm. my book. I like I said, I didn't. This is really the first time I played this on the Amiga, and it's almost it's a lot like the PC version. It's just a lot slower, and you've got to get over that. Um, it does a good job with stats. I should mention, in between rounds, you get a screen that tells you all your hit percentage, where your hit shots landed, your, uh, your all your opponent's stats. I like that stuff if you're into that sort of thing. If you want to tinker around with the graphics settings, like I said, you can get all kinds of crazy things. You can record matches, go back and rewatch them. Yeah. Um, if you watch an exhibition match between two computer opponents, it actually zooms in, spins around. It it'll automatically changes different graphics variants to make it more interesting. So I mean, the, the, these guys really worked hard on this engine. You can tell that because there's a lot of. It's one of those games though where they've got all these options uh, that you know graphically, but really you're never probably ever going to mess with them. You might do it once to show your buddies to fiddle with them, but I mean, for the most part, no one wants to play a game in wire form. No one wants to play a game where it looks like absolute garbage. You know what I mean? Disagree. So, okay. Uh, to me, first of all, I love this game. Okay. The reason why I love it is because, like, the boxing itself is not that great. Just like the kickboxing itself in Panza is not that great. I disagree with you there. Um, 
the what makes this game fun for me is number one, the the I really love the flat shaded 3D polygons. Yeah. Um, to me, it's just like they've got so much character, the way they bob and weave and move around, and the way that each character has it's. I mean, it doesn't have a move set. It's not like Panza where you can go in and edit the move set, but they've got personality. Well, they, these they, guys have a million times more personality than any of those Panza losers. They, well, Panza only okay. had, had the same guys every right. time. They were losers. Oh no. This game. Now wait a minute. Why are you ragging on Panza? Well, I, so I, I thought you liked that's, Panza. That's what we're comparing it to. I uh, mean, Panza's a good game, but, yeah, but if they're not losers. Compared to 40 boxing, Panza pales in comparison. You're, you're, you've lost your damn mind. So this game is great because of the fact that you have so many different options. Like, okay, whenever you get bored of fighting in one viewpoint, you hit the F keys. Did you know they were all mapped to the F keys? What are, what are mapped to the all F the keys? All the viewpoints are oh, mapped yeah, to yeah, the F keys. Oh, yeah, yeah, the function keys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you hit F2, bam, it's like you're playing a new game. Whenever you go into first-person view and you stare into the steely eyes of your opponent for the first time and you hit them right in the face, punch the face. It is creepy. Yeah, I love it. I never play in that mode. When you go into the wireframe mode, it, it's of course, it's a lot more abstract, but it's almost like playing a different game. I mean, I felt like I was doing something How cool often did you do game. that? I did it all the time. Every match, I would cycle through the different viewpoints. Now, ask me how many matches I won. Not very many. I'm, yeah, I was guessing that, yeah. But I had such a fun time with this game. I had a fun time in the gym hanging out with the characters, you know, like cycling through them all and looking at the challenge board and seeing all the different... I, the guys look like they're wearing lucha masks, some of them. There's women. Yeah. We should mention that. There's also I mean, ladies in this. Such a wide variety They have of the worst names you've ever seen. The, there was Punny and Mania. Oh, Whoever sat around there came up with 50 ridiculous names. Yeah. Now, what would have been even better is if the ring announcer would have strutted out, you know, maybe have two or three different ring announcers all rendered in that same sort of 3D view, have them come out, have the crowd bobbing around in the background, you know? Um, what really kills this game for me is, like you said, the speed. Yeah. Approaching the other fighter. It's just like, oh I mean, if my you're, gosh. If, if my, and we're watching this video, if all, if my game on the 1200 ran like this, I would, no complaints. Mm -hmm. It runs about probably half the speed. Yeah. And I can understand how that would so be So someone must be running this on like a, a hot, a hot dog level machine. Right. If you want to, so the bottom line on this boxing game in terms of performance, Donnie, I would not even pick this thing up if you've got anything less than a 1200. I can't even imagine what it's going to run like on those. And uh, um, this is a game, you know, they're always releasing these new games for the Accelerated Amigas. Here you go. This would probably play pretty well in one of the Accelerated Amigas. Uh, and you said it played pretty, about this speed with yeah. the emulation. Yeah. So this is another one. If you emulate it, you'd probably and be man, in business. I'll tell you, there is nothing more satisfying than if you can get if you can get a guy into a corner and you just start wailing right on his face. It is. I mean, it yeah. is fun to... It's boxing, this, isn't it? it yeah. That's what makes it fun. This, it's like the, a real the boxing. Sound, the sound design is very good, too. That's another thing where this game beats Panza into the ground. Because, you know, the Panza game has that annoying rep. Oh, oh, oh. I like you that know, guy. He's oh, endearing. Guy is, he's the worst guy that's ever been created. No. This game, the sound design is actually quite good. Whenever you, whenever you land a punch, it sounds like a punch. Whenever you miss or whenever you hit the gloves... You know, it sounds like that. I do like the body touch. He's like, oh, right, right. <laughs> you're, your palm one Fantastic. is fantastic. I like, and like I said, there's a lot to like here, but this is a game I would I, I would probably more inclined to go back and play on the PC. Mm -hmm. I hate, and that's a rarity. And even in ninety and ninety one, you're that's not something you're going to see every day. But this, for whatever reason, it it just they didn't get the. Uh, Maybe they didn't streamline it enough to have it run very well, mm -hmm. but it just it runs at a snail's pace, and that's my biggest problem with this game. Like I said, I'm I'm quite familiar with it. It's just that it's it's just too slow on the Amiga. Yeah. 
So this is one I would recommend only if you had uh, an accelerated Amiga. But if you're a boxing fan, you could have a lot of fun with this. It, it's really, it's, the, the, it's quite amazing how realistically these guys move mm -hmm. and throw punches. And uh, it's it's very, like I said, when I, I liked it because it was like real boxing. There were things in it that you don't, that I would like to have. Like, uh, in, to have a true boxing game, you're gonna have to have something where you can grab your opponent, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Which uh, I, if it has it, I, don't, I never could get it to do it. You know where you can you know lock up. You know yeah, uh, not lock up, but yeah. you, know, you know what I mean. Sometimes they lock. You know because yeah, grabbing your opponent when you're getting pummeled is you need that. Something else. These now guys, in boxing, if you grab the ropes, does your opponent have to stop punching you like in wrestling? Well, you know, no, the refs like don't grab the rope. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that it's not like wrestling at all, uh, but. This game, if you if you feel like giving it a shot on a lower level Amiga, just be prepared to, you know, it runs at a snail's pace. Yeah. So I looked this thing up to see what we kind of actually got, because I was really interested in reviews on this. And the reviews are really all over the map on this one, Boat. So the people in Lemon gave it a 7.6. Amiga Action uh, gave this a 39. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, it's what too, it's too slow. Yeah. Amiga yeah. Computing gave it an 80. Amiga Format gave it a 79. Amiga Power, they gave it a 29. Uh, which uh, That was in 93. They, that that from, revised from their 92 offering of 40. So they didn't <laughs> like it. CU Amiga gave it an 83. Um, the One gave it an 84. So they were sort of all over the map with these. Um, I, did, uh, I did find these online. There's plenty available. I wouldn't mind owning this, to be honest with you. Uh, you can get the discs for six bucks, and you can get a box version of this for ten to twenty bucks. I even saw a guy selling a sealed box version, so pretty reasonable uh, game. You know, this one really is. This is a lot like we see some um, racing games like this sometimes. When, you, like on the PC, when I was breaking in in the early days, mm -hmm. we I would play a lot of stuff that was just too overpowered for what I was playing it on. Right, and you would sort of play it, but you know you weren't getting the full experience. That's this. That's yeah. that's the bottom line. You like this a lot, though, eh? I'm, I did. Had you, and you never played this before? I, I really like this game. I, I'm a sucker. There's a game on the Super Nintendo called Stunt Race FX. And most people oh, hate yeah. that game. But it's the same sort of deal where it's very early, flat-shaded, polygonal racer game. That had the actual FX chip in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. use the FX yeah. chip. But the, the, the all the cars, they had little uh, eyes for light bulbs, and they were all charismatic. I like, you know, I'm a sucker for the cutesy type stuff. This game, I was feeling the vibe with this game. Plus the fact that you could switch between the camera angles. This is a win for me. Well, there were there were things I liked and things I hated. I mean, I also thought the music was not good. It was very Casio-like. It's fine. So, I mean, but, it, but the sound effects were pretty good. But, I mean, really, everything else was fine except for the speed. So, yeah. there you yeah. go. We did get some reviews on Discord. Uh, Graham W. Webke says, struggling to find good things about this game beyond the exit button on the menu. Wow, that Dang. doesn't go well. The s music and sounds are horrible. Someone has set up six voices in a tracker with a bass note, orchestral, st orchestral stab, orchestral stab. What? Man, you don't want one of those. Yeah. That's every time you sing, that's, that's what I true. feel. 80s disco hand clap. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. No. 
a drum sound also modified for the punches, a bell sound, and an oof sample, then a tracker editor open, letting a cat walk on the keyboard, and it's done. Wow. Yeah. A true musical burial from Graham. The graphics are like polygons you draw in deluxe paint when learning what each palette icon does. And for the year of the release, is an insult to the Amiga. The woeful gameplay makes you think, why bother, and beg to play Top Banana. Man. <laughs> Slow and unresponsive, it doesn't feel like anything. Don't bother customizing your boxer. Spend your time with Panza instead of this junk. One out of ten. Ooh, That's man, a rough, vicious. I don't think I've ever heard Graham you. unload on a game like that. Yeah. Chris Fold says, J.K. Rowling is often quoted as saying, time will not slow down when something unpleasant lies ahead. Well, she has never played 4D boxing on the Amiga. Time does slow down, and it is unpleasant. The slow shambles of a game was released in 91, making you wonder that this was the year Amiga started to lose its edge over those evil days VGA boxes, as the PC version is much, much faster, slicker, and responsive fighting experience that is actually enjoyable to play. He's not wrong. When a game moves this bad, why release it at all? One out of ten. Man, double burial. Double burial. Rushi says a landmark boxing simulator that roughly capulate. Whoa, let's try that again. Wonderfully. Wonderfully cap- capture the nuance of the sport on limited hardware in a time dominated by 2D Sims and pure arcade punch fests. The Amiga version, while silky smooth, runs at somewhere between one third and one half speed, even on an accelerated A1200. The input latency can be measured in whole seconds, giving the game a feeling of literally boxing underwater. He's not wrong. Like you said. Yeah. There's still a good game buried in there with an enjoyable sense of career progression and some technically impressive, if not always useful, features. But with the hamstrung gameplay, you'll be doing yourself a disservice by opting for this version over the DOS release. See, I'm right in line with Rusio on that yeah. one. That's exactly yeah. the way I feel about it. And finally, Treyguard says... I don't think I can add anything on top of what everyone else has already said. My experience was that there was potentially a good game there, but ruined by four frames per second max on a stock 500 plus. Boy, that's that's rough. <laughs> Sadly, this seems to be the case for a few gems out there. Remember Wing Commander? I do indeed. Great game, but mostly unplayable on the wrong hardware. Yeah, he's what not they should have done is put made for AGA on those games. Because we all know that AGA games really don't add any graphical fidelity. It's just like you need a jacked up Amiga to play it. It does thing. add graphical fidelity. But yeah, maybe, let me tell you something. I, this was not made for AGA, clearly, because it has no AGA components and it runs like crap on every Amiga. Looks better than any AGA. Maybe they've, got a, maybe they've got a rudimentary PC emulator running in there. That would explain the speed. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, Aaron, I want to take a second to thank our Twitch Prime subscribers. Oh, G-Babsky. GMMBRX, Roushy MSX, Peeplo, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, and Pixels All-Star Mod out there. He's wielding the Sword of Fire and Fury, yes. dropping the ban hammer and the sword banner. Being a mod in this area would be pretty simple because yes. everybody's super cool. That's true. Yeah. Um, Chris Folds. That was a little lower. i got to prepare my voice for the oh, song. Oh, man. Um, Bumface Poo Hands, of course. <laughs> Brutal Barracuda, David Pick, Mohawk Mall, Picard 2010, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, Silver Streak 72, Go To Go Sub, The Devil Bunny, The Slow Norris, Brother Bill, and of course, Uber Scuba Driver. Mm. Yeah. Thank you guys uh, for becoming Twitch Prime subscribers. And 
Uh, if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, even if you never go on Twitch and you want to support the show, you can sign on and uh, give us your uh, Twitch Prime subscription for the month. It doesn't cost you anything, and it helps us uh, keep the show going. You know, only the internet can make words like Twitch and Prime be used to get in a sentence, because never in the history of man would that ever happen. It's true. The internet's you know? a wonderful place. It's, no, it's that's got to be wrong. We're, someday we're going to put somebody that's going to build an app that's going to be an ancient incantation I'll bring a demon to earth or something. Mm -hmm. You're gonna you know what I'm saying? It's gonna yeah. it's gonna be one of those happenstances, one in a million shot. The elder ones. Mm, indeed. Yeah. Let's talk about last week's Patreon song challenge, Aaron. It stunk. Okay. <laughs> That's your opinion. We did have one winner. No, we didn't no we did not. Okay. I refuse to admit that. And the winner even doubted that he was but he 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 he, he put it in anyway. Uh, Pac-Billy was correct. Pac-Billy extending his streak. I think something like 10 weeks in a row he's gotten the song. This is unbelievable. This has never happened before. And it just made me feel something. It made me feel something deep down in my soul that I really am making it. I'm, I'm inspiring the next generation as I do these songs. It so Pac-Billy, I keep calling him Pixels. Pac-Billy must be, he must be yeah. sending these emails for a padded room. Pac-Billy says, I know deep down it isn't this, but my official guess is Into the Mystic by Van Morrison. That was actually true. That's exactly what it was. It was Into the Mystic Who in by God's name could get that? Do you know any Van Morrison No, song? yeah, I know one. Okay. Well, didn't he have the one famous yeah, song? Yeah, it's the one that's his worst song. Which one Brown is it? Brown Eyed Girl. I like Brown Eyed Girl. That's his worst song. That's his worst song? It's his worst song I need song to check some of far. his stuff out because that's a great song. Um, he says, if it is Into the Mystic, and this is what really made me feel good, uh -huh. it's the worst rendition ever recorded, and you ought to be ashamed of yourself. May the Lord have mercy on your immortal soul. Pack Bully just got <laughs> back in my good graces. Good Lord. Oh, what do you got? Uh, what obscure piece of musical trivia are you going to blurt out this week? Well, you, which thing what are you going to defile this week? Oh, God. Look at this. This is, this is what they do. This that's is what a the thing, that's a thing a rooster's got. Is it? Yeah, you got one of those things forming right here. <laughs> if you know the answer to this that week's... That was hideous. <laughs> Patreon song challenge. What the heck was that? Do you think we should get cough buttons? No. I think you should stop working into mines or so, whatever the heck that was. Good God. <laughs> okay, here we go. If you know this week's Patreon song challenge, you can send me an email at John at AmigosPodcast.com. You can also send John a, an email requesting an immediate apology, which is what I would recommend <laughs> for the atrocity about to come out. Okay, here we go. It's hard because this first name is so hard to pronounce. I thought you were starting to rap. We need a new, we no, need a, it, a listen, new you, first page. You play it the way it lies. I know, I always do. Start singing, sing boy. Bjorg Van Oxen Terry Howard Reflection time, alleged Captain Crispy Killer Captain Mike Dickert Threepwood Gary, Heather Freelunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones Lobster, Nate, the Craig McClellan, Ten Megan, Amiga, Retro, Cast Bernard, Quinn, Retro Man, K.A. Tim Drew Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Caller Arrow, Roger Harrow, Howard Nibs, Matthew Larimore, 
for Andy Craig, Sean Zoe, Darren Lomax, Colin for one nine, Bob Bud, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, the Zombie John Cook, Leaf Gillard, Alan Gibbon, <laughs> Jack O'Dell, Lord John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRoche, a creepy dead boy, think you see to see the slow Norris. Stefan Sorgan Mortensen, Evan Helen, Blender 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Grant F. Dixon, Adam Bates, Bill Bryant, Retro and Vintage, Gary Huckersey, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humberstadt, Daniel Bingston, Brutal, Beric Duda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, Kilbjorn, Marmin, Marmin, Marmin. Idiots. An affront to music. You liked it. No. No. That was horrible. You, you were peeking speaker mics all over town. Mm. You're breaking stuff with your voice. Mm. That voice should be outlawed. Mm. Horrible. Next week, Aaron, we are not going to have a show. Let's tell them why, Boat. It's the Thanks for Giving Marathon. That's right. Next week, next Sunday, Sunday, or actually Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. It'll be, and in fact, this will be great for everyone over in Europe. We're the Thanks for Giving Marathon uh, held at the ARG Studios in beautiful Hurricane, West Virginia. The ARG Studios, yeah, Amigos. Studios East. That's right. Either way. We don't want to confuse the listener. Uh-huh. They might show up at the wrong place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for the live crowd. Mm-hmm. That'd be neat, wouldn't it? We could have that. It would be a very small live crowd in the studio. We are having our 10-hour uh, uh, Thanks for Giving Marathon, all planned and coordinated by Mr. Brent, the Brent. Really? Oh, yeah. It's all in his He's hands. a one-man show. Okay. I'm literally just showing up, turning on the lights. That's wow. it. Everything else, 100% Brent. I am super excited because I do not have to be in charge. Beautiful, yeah. It's the first time we've ever done a marathon where I can just show up. Yeah. Uh, we'll be starting at 8, have been told, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, help me translate that to every other part of the world, Boat. That's a, a, a 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is about 1 p.m. There you uh, go. England and about like... 6 p.m. Germany. There you go. Prime time everywhere is what yeah. you're saying. It's, gonna, it's, it's, the, it's the only time. We're going to be going 10 big hours. We have uh, all the the wheel is, is locked, cocked, and ready to rock. We've got uh, plenty of wheel pieces. We've got everything lined up and ready to rock and roll. Uh, Brent's doing his token art project that's going to be out there with game tokens. That'll be cool on display. We're going to give a little quick tour of the arcade while we're out there. Should be a lot of fun. We'll yeah. be hitting some old stuff, some new stuff, crazy systems, everything by request that we uh, have picked up over the last couple months will be on the wheel. And this is just a. There's no charity. There's no. Uh, there's no fundraising. It's just show up, stay for a while, watch us play games. And we will. Uh, the the whole thing will be archived up on the old Twitch. It'll be it'll be streamed live on Twitch, and it will be archived permanently on the YouTube until something goes south over on YouTube. You never know. They're getting a little edgy. 
But uh, yeah, we'll be streaming live on the Twitch channel just to, that you're watching right now. Twitch, Twitch, we love our Twitch. We do. Twitch Prime. Yeah. So, um, and if you have made it this far without turning off the podcast, uh, we do stream live every week on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. You can join the fine folks in the chat like Gary Hucker, Graham Bebke, Pixels of Dawn, Brutal Barracuda, Edvin Helen, Yawn Hole Bro, L. Curtis B., Paul Kitching, Edvin Helland, um, Pac Billy. Uh, it's always a good time in the chat, uh, and um, we'd love to have you. So thank you, as always, for listening. The week after next, Aaron, when we get back to the Amigos. Yeah. It's nothing but a PP Hammer party. Oh, man. PP Hammer and his pneumatic weapon. Who named that bad boy? I did. Horrible. Mm. I, I, did, I think I you're right. I didn't. EP Hammer. Yeah. That sounds like a bad idea to me. Yeah. And of course, we've got a lot. Our December is going to be a very exciting month in the world of the Amigos as we have our traditional Christmas episode this year. We're going to do a roundup of the best in the demo scene. It's going to be a good time. And for our New Year's show, of course, we'll have our best of awards. And uh, stay tuned because I'm going to be making the ballots for that. You can vote for your best and your worst games that the Amigos have covered in 2019. You what? Uh, gonna wear your? You're gonna wear your funky hat this year? I'm gonna wear the funky hat like there's never been a funky hat worn. That's outstanding. Outstanding. I love it, man. It'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, uh, please subscribe to our podcast if you listen to the audio ver- or the video version. Uh, you can find us at Amigos, let's try that again, anchor.fm slash Amigos Podcast, or our YouTube channel, Amigos Retro Gaming, and you already know our Twitch address. It's so, almost like this is being remotely sent to your brain. It you, is. you tilted your head back, your eyes were closed. I have to catch it. Someone was using you as a vessel. Yeah. It was amazing. Look at that. There's a small fruit fly that just landed on my glasses. Maybe that's who's sending out the thoughts. That's true. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.